Hey folks, welcome back to the Manana Nomas podcast. I am thrilled today to bring you a David Valentine. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know who David was maybe a month ago. Uh, and then I did another podcast. We met each other. Uh, we followed up some more communication. And now here he is with Manana Nomas. Uh, fantastic guy. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. Uh, you know me, I'm all over the place, irons and all kinds of fires. And some coaches have told me, you know, focus, niche down, focus, focus. And other people have said, hey, spread your wings, do what you got to do, follow your interests. And we are now going to interview a guy that owns seven businesses. So this ought to be a, an, an interesting conversation. Uh, with no further ado, David, welcome to the Manana Namas podcast. Thanks for having me, brother. Super excited to be here, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you would, and and I don't want to lead too far down the path, but like the story about stress and being 28 and starting business, could you kind of just give us a <laughs> background so the people that don't know who you are can go, oh, now I get it. This is why Kurt yeah. wanted this guy. Yeah. So I, I, I started my first grown up business when I was 25. I had uh, some small businesses when I was a kid and, and I've always been entrepreneurial. Uh, and, you know, like most business owners didn't know what I was doing. I was just a really good marketing practitioner and built up this nice little agency. Uh, we were doing seven figures by the time I was 29. So four years in, we, you know, it's a pretty good growth trajectory for how small we were, how young I was. And I go to the doc because my my wife, we have one kid at the time, another one's on the way. And my wife's like, you know, it'd be nice for you to have a, a checkup since you haven't done that since you were playing sports back in high school. Uh, you know, why don't we go make sure you're okay? <laughs> and so I was like, sure, go to the doc, run some tests, come back a week later. Doc sits me down. He goes, hey, Dave, I know you're 29. Do you know when you're going to have a heart attack? And I was like, Doc, I don't, I don't even understand that question. What are you talking about? He goes, we've tested 4,500 people. You're the most stressed out person we've ever tested. I was like, woohoo! Do I get a prize? <laughs> I win. I win. Yeah. And so he he said, you know, you're not going to see 40 if you keep going like this. So I I had to reflect and figure out new pathways forward. That led me to a lot of different directions. It ultimately led me to a place where now I split my time between a lake in Texas and a river in the Pacific Northwest in the mountains. And I, I run seven different companies doing what I do. And six out of the seven are doing uh, seven figures plus. So it's a pretty sweet life. That is a sweet life. I mean, it's it's one of those things where there's so many parallels to, to yourself and maybe someone else's story or, or some kind of like obstacle, but then it's like what you do with it. Right. And that's yeah. so like, I just published a book last year called action leadership from the edge. And it's, it's all about like, you got to take action. You can't just sit back. Like you got to figure it out. But then based on your story, it's like, yeah, you got to take action, but you can't burn the candle at both ends and you have to be reasonable and you can't overstress yourself you know, and, 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 you know, there's, there's so many, so many things there. Um, what was it like for, for you to go and say, okay, I'm going to be all in on self-employment? Yeah, I, how it happened, honestly, my, my wife and I were in our early twenties. We, we were one of those couples that got married extremely young. She was 20, I was 21. We were still in college. And we knew that we wanted to have a family and 
my wife, God bless her, <laughs> really wanted to be at home with the kids when we started having them. I've told her many times I could never do her job. <laughs> and uh, so we knew that we were getting close to that conversation and of, of, of having kids. And she said, you know, what are we going to what are we going to do for allowing me to come home? I was doing a consulting gig, in, doing marketing in, kind of in-house, out of house for this large pharmaceutical company. And I didn't love it. And uh, she said, you know, do you want to climb the corporate ladder? Like what, how do you see our path forward based off the goals that we have financially and for our family? What do we want to do? And I turned to her and I said, you know, I, I really hate this work. I really don't want to work for a large corporation. It's just not my jam. I could climb the corporate ladder, but it's going to take me away from you. It's going to take me away from our kids. It's going to, so I think the best way forward is for me to go start my own agency. I, I was overseeing the agencies that we were interacting with for the pharmaceutical company. And I just realized that they were not the sharpest people, honestly. And I just went, you know, I can do this better. So that's really what kicked it off. We, I, I started down the business path of like, hey, we're going to start a business a month and a half. You know, we've already got gears running. The LLC's filed. We're building out websites a month and a half before we officially launch the business to the world. My wife goes, hey, I'm pregnant. <laughs> so uh, I had to figure out pretty quickly how to run a business, how to get it off the ground. And it took some time. You know, I, I had a co-founder for the first business that ended up not working out. But in the short term, he went full time with the agency. I kept working my other job, took no money from the company for two years and eventually went full time with it exclusively 18 months in and then built it and scaled it from there. Sweet, sweet. I remember listening to one of your podcast interviews and you were talking about like selling candy bars and stuff to raise money, like being an entrepreneur and um, telling stories about how your dad had influenced your entrepreneurial spirit a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, how much, so <laughs> my first franchising experience was I franchised my paper route as a kid, uh, had no idea that that was, you know, somewhat that. frowned upon, but um, every time a kid didn't show up, they had a, like a, a newspaper super station where they would drop off all the papers and all the paper boys would show up with their bicycles and fold papers and put them in the bags and go. And then every now and then someone wouldn't show up and the, and the, you know, the regional manager of, of all these things, he would say, uh, you know, oh my God, you know, Johnny didn't show up today. You know, what are we going to do? You know, and I, I, I'll take the route. And then uh, he, he said, what about tomorrow? I said, no, I'll keep the route. When I said, I'll take the route, I meant I'm going to keep the route, but you already have two routes. Okay. Well, now I got three. Now I got four. Now I got five. Well, pretty soon I got like seven or eight routes and he can't figure out how I'm getting all the papers delivered, getting the money collected and, and drinking Mountain Dews like crazy. And, uh, I had hired a bunch of schoolmates to deliver the papers. So I had all these kids delivering newspapers and spotting them 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there. And then I'd go do the collecting and do the accounting at the end. And uh, when they finally found that out, they were like, dude, you cannot do that. <laughs> but, but, but that <laughs> was amazing. my, that was my I entrepreneur that. the venture. Um, yeah. How do you think being in, encouraged is encouraged the right word when I say that your dad encouraged you to be an entrepreneur or was it just like the pathway was available? 
my parents were super cool about saying we want you to do whatever you want to do. You know, I as a kid, I was like, maybe I want to be a, a sportscaster. You know, like that that would be fun to talk about sports all the time. Maybe I want to uh, go be in the Air Force. My dad was an Air Force pilot. There are all sorts of different things that I thought maybe would be interesting. I just saw the attitude and my dad was always he was encouraging him anyways he's like go start the lawn business i'll help you you know there was never a roadblock whenever i went and started the the candy selling candy bars out of my backpack as a 10 year old he i i went to my dad and i said hey can i get a a loan for five dollars you know and and paid him back and and then you know then then some and and same with the lawn care business that i started they just never wanted there to be a door that I couldn't push on that would be locked or closed. They wanted it to swing wide. And they really encouraged me to follow my curiosity, my passion, my drive. And they wanted me to work hard. I watched both my parents. My mom's a nurse. My dad's a pilot. They both worked really, really hard. I mean, one of my favorite stories about my dad, honestly, is he would wake up and he was a flight instructor for many years in the Air Force. So he'd have 5 a.m. flights. So he's leaving the house at three and he'd come home sometimes at like one in the afternoon too. He'd take a 30, 40 minute power nap, pop up and he was doing projects around the house. He was cooking dinner. He was. And so I just lived in this atmosphere in this environment where hard work wasn't something that happened on occasion. It was all the time. People are just working. And so for me, it just became this thing of like, I can go do this. And my parents were really encouraging of that. And then I had some other mentors along the way that were, taught me some beautiful skills. And part of those skills were, listen, you may not know how to do each and everything. And I'm going to teach you how to figure it out. And so as I grew up, I just kind of had this sense of, I don't know how to do that, but I'm smart enough to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> That is that that is really, really cool. So I'm listening to you talk and in my mind I'm ticking away things like spouse was supportive, parents were no roadblocks, you employed mentorship along the way. Um, so many things that you talk about fall in alignment with what we say, like all the coaches about, you know, leadership and growth and and all of those things. Um, as you look at your businesses expanding and then, you know, becoming who you are today. Where do you think, and this is one of those like personal questions that I use when I interview people like with the book, because I'm going to come out with a sequel to the book about interviewing people yes. that made changes, right? I love and it. So, so in your life, like, can, is there a defining moment where you were like, I wasn't sure whether I should take action or not, or I hesitated to take the action, but I'm so glad I did because whatever yeah. that result was. You know, I was always so... Yes, Kurt. And I was always the kid that took action and was bold early on. So there were times where my, (laughs) I'm sure that my cousin's not listening to this. There were times where my older cousins weren't really sure how to talk to girls. And I was a couple years younger and I was just fearless. I was bold. And I was like, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say, no, thanks. Like go away, whatever. Okay, cool. We're at a beach resort. We'll go find more girls, like you know. And so I've pretty much almost exclusively been the guy that's like, 
you know, the Wayne Gretzky thing where it's like, hey, you missed 100% of the shots you don't take. So we might as well just take some shots and see what happens. And uh, the, the things that I struggled to take action on are personal relationship things. My first business partner was my closest friend. And there just came a point where his vision of success and my vision of success for the business were vastly different. They didn't start that way, but they became that because of life circumstances for both of us. And so I waited to have a hard conversation where I essentially fired him until it was way further down the line. And I knew that I was going to have that conversation for probably a year before I actually worked up the nerve to have it. What happened after I had that convo, though, we 3X the business. And I've found that over and over again, Kurt. I'm sure you have too in, in your life and in your journey. It's the hardest things that when you don't walk around them and avoid them, but you walk right through them, that's what leads to your greatest success. I love that. When when Manana Nomas was born, when the name, when the concept was born, I was running an agency called Von Anen Designs and PR, right? Just some dude hanging a tile at a at a you know uh development economic development center helping new businesses and nobody would ever do their homework nobody ever would you know i'd say hey we'll start your website i'll see you in two weeks bring your logo blah and it would never they would never show up right and so um one day i like lost it and i just said and it was a hispanic area in, in albuquerque new mexico and so i said i said man you 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 cannot keep putting things off. Like you have to be vested in your own success. I can't make you successful. You have to come to this party willing to succeed. I said, you cannot keep putting off till tomorrow what you could do today. Manana nomas. And the guy that ran the center leans out of his office. He goes, hey, Kurt, that'd be a good name for your business. (laughs) (laughs) And And that was it. It took like 48 hours, man, registered the new URL, the new name. And I came up with like, I'm not working on deposits anymore. If customers want want to work with me, I'm the guy that's on time and under budget. They got to write checks in advance. If you don't do your homework, you're out of the program and I'll put someone else in your slot. And all of that was counterintuitive. Like every, all my, my wife was scared to death. My friends were like, (laughs) no one's going to want to do business with you. And then they said, dude, you're white. You can't call yourself manana nomas. People are going to string you up by your intestines. Like you can't do, you can't do what you're doing right now. And then. The Hispanic Chamber of Commerce asked me to come to their meetings and loved my program. The Economic Development Center kept bringing me new customers and our business tripled that year, Mm. you know, because the results were the results were good because people knew if they didn't perform, they weren't going to stay in the program. Right. I love that, man. I love that. Yeah. So when you say that your business grew after making that hard decision, was, was that like an impetus for you? Was that a, was that a, a catalyst or a catapult catapults, maybe a better word. Like at some point you went from being a single business owner to a guy that has a collection of businesses, even if they're related businesses, it's, it's, you've grown your portfolio really well. Yeah. Thanks man. Uh, it's, I knew pretty early on that I wanted to build agencies that could fulfill on other businesses. Cause like, there, there are two things that are the lifeblood to every business. New leads or traffic, and yep. can you close it? 
And if you can do those things, it provides you some bandwidth and some cash to be able to go solve the problem. And people kind of push back on that. I've talked to a lot of people who are like, no, you got to focus on operations. You got to focus on the product. I'm like, look, what is Kickstarter? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, Kickstarter is a marketing and sales platform exclusively. And what does it do? It buys those people time to go solve their product problem. That's it. That's all yeah. that it is. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you can show up and provide a service like what you which what you do at Manana Nomas or anything like that, where it's like you you uh you're not going to have any value to bring to the table. And you have to have you're gonna have some value and you can always make it better with more cash, with more talent. You know, at this point, we have so many staff members across the businesses. And one of our bigger staff, uh, you know, agency accounts or agencies that I own. They have 29 staff members now. They fluctuate a little bit here and there. And they have incredible horsepower, you know, man? Like they have amazing horsepower that if I said, hey, guys, we need to go fix this procedure. We need to go fix this uh, process. They would be able to figure something out in a week. It would be a viable, smart process to, to innovate with. And the reality is, man, I'm only able to do that because we have enough sales. We have enough revenue. We have good marketing. And so it's really the lifeblood to me. And I knew that this is kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a branding agency to be able to perfect the messaging and design the sites and put all that together. So we have that. I wanted to have a PR firm because I knew that PR was such a vital thing to have for any business to help it grow. So we have one. I knew that we needed a, a lead generation agency. So we have one, you know, like, and then we're adding on other complementary businesses that all wash each other's hands. The the one oddball that we have is the flight school that I own with my brother. But truth be told, that's just pure good old fashioned fun right there, man. I mean, come on. (laughs) Who doesn't want to own a few planes? It's a great time. Who doesn't want to own a few planes? Dave, do you have a uh, totally unrelated? Do you have an icon? One of those icon A5s? Uh, no, it's like a little no. sport plane. Those things are cool. They are cool. Um, we we have uh, because we're a flight school. We have very training oriented planes, right? Now. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing sexy. It's like, hey, what's the most fuel efficient that we can get? What's the easiest on maintenance? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we have a fleet of pipers. Um, but yeah, they're they're great training planes. I used to work for Continental back in the day. Continental Express. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man. And then um, very cool. When I worked at Ducati, my boss at Ducati went to Icon for a while. So I got to go up to Vacaville and tour the factory and yeah. see how they were getting built. And there was like a this much chance that I might have been working on their training content. So I was really excited about the oh, product. That's cool. And, yeah. and to this day, when I see them, you know, see them out or see, see one at the lake somewhere, I'm like, that's so freaking cool. <laughs> oh, they're awesome. Yeah. 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 No, it's cool stuff. Now, when you said um, leads and closing and then started talking about Kickstarter, Earlier, we had talked, you know, you and I pre-call, pre-podcast, and we were talking about going into other uh, industries and stealing or taking things that work from other industries. Mm-hmm. And it's it's right on the money. Like when I'm working with a client on e-learning material, you know, and they're always in a panic. Oh, my course isn't done yet. That's not done yet. Or I'm not ready to post this course yet. I'm like, you can post the first lesson or two. You can pre-sell that sucker and you can take six months to a year to finish writing that course because 
you need, to your point, you need the sales, you need the revenue, you need that, that energy. And if nothing else, having people that have paid, that have joined your list and are waiting for a product, that's that accountability factor that maybe that's the motivation you needed to get the thing finished in the first place. But yeah. there's like so many reasons to, to step forward and take action on something where you see people hold back, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, with leads and I've heard you speak about cold emails before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about the importance of, of cold emails and leads, but then I was doing some research on you and I found your, uh, what, what, what do you call that? The out, outrageous offer, right? Yeah. Um, how much of that outrageous offer component goes into a cold email sequence or goes into like, like, how do you, how do you scale that messaging and put things in a package that makes sense for people working with you? Yeah. So this is really interesting. So, so one of my agencies is an outsourced sales development rep agency. What that means is they're booking B2B meetings on our clients' calendars for them to close the sale. Yeah. And they're booking meetings with companies you've never heard of. And they're also booking meetings with some of the biggest companies on the planet. We book meetings with Amazon and Apple and AT&T and Verizon and Intel. And I mean, the list goes on. It's really, it's a little bit absurd to me at this point, the people that we book meetings with. That being said, the role that outrageous offers play in any kind of outreach that you do cold or warm is huge, right? Like, I love to talk about big businesses and what we can learn from them as small business owners. So big businesses, AT&T right now, switch to AT&T. We'll give every single person in your family a brand new iPhone 14. Okay, a family of four. That's $4,000 worth of hardware. They're AT&T. They're not in the business of losing money. They're going to make money off that because you're going to get a two-year agreement. So they're going to charge you 300 bucks a month for two years. Well, fast math, that's 7,200 bucks. That means they're still making money on you to get you to switch, right? Uh, Costco, they're still selling rotisserie chickens for $4.99. Guess what? They came out and they said that they lost $21 million last year on selling rotisserie chickens for $4.99 because the price to make a chicken has gone way, way up. <laughs> but what do they do? They put it that rotisserie chicken in the very back of the store, right next to the wine, the beer, the prepared food where all their high margin is. So what is going on with these large businesses is they understand, hey, listen, we need to get people in to make a purchase. Once they're here, we can upsell them. We can put them on uh, a subscription model. We can try and get them to hang out longer based off what we're doing with this offer. And the offer has to make sense, of course. And that's how we get new customers. What's interesting is, Kurt, I hear so often from other people in my in my agency space in particular, they're like, you got to charge for everything. Can't do consulting for free. Can't try and do a scope of work for free. I'm like, okay, I just want to do whatever's going to help my business grow, right? So yeah. I've done all sorts of deals where I'm like, dude, uh, I, I, all of my businesses have outrageous offers. Two of them will probably make Inc.'s fastest 5,000 growing companies from last year in this year's magazine, uh, they I they will. I don't know where they'll be in the grand scheme, but they'll be in there. And the the thing that's really you know unique about those is they're using outrageous offers. When we run, we have a hundred and 
eight clients at Avidel, the SDR agency right now. We ran a, uh, a data dump. The clients that have an outrageous offer book 3.8 times more meetings than the clients that don't. So imagine that. You're like, I need to increase my lead gen. Well, I'll just tell you right now, you need to increase your lead gen, you need to increase your sales, create a great offer. It will do that. It does it every single time, man. Like it's wild. And then I talked to some business owners or I talked to few fewer now, honestly, my sales teams do. But even when I do talk to some business owners, they're like, I don't want to have an, an offer because I don't want to be cheap. I'm like, time out. An outrageous offer doesn't make you cheap. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to do anything for free. And it means that you can charge more for your service because you're providing a higher value. People, at the end of the day, people and businesses want results. They don't care about the service, right? So if I came to you and I was like, Kurt, I guarantee you give me $10,000, I'll guarantee you that you'll make an extra 10 on that over the next 12 months, or I'll give you the full 10 back. You won't lose a dime, right? Be like, oh, it's a pretty good deal. Double my money, no risk, only reward. If I get 50% back, I'm still happy, great. Okay, awesome, right? Uh, or whatever. There's all sorts of ways you can do this if you're a, a strength and conditioning coach. Hey, man, I guarantee you're going to lose 20 pounds in the first 60 days. You know, how would you do that? Then you have to look at the variables for what they need to do. So you have conditional offers, you have unconditional offers. My favorite's a conditional one. Hey, listen, I'll guarantee that you're going to lose 20 pounds in 60 days if you follow my diet plan, you send me pictures of every meal that you take, you follow my training regimen, we'll totally get you there. That's pretty great. I'd love to. That's that'd be great. You know, so it's it's always thinking about what is the result that people are actually coming to your business or to you as an individual for? How can you make it so that people go, "Yeah, I trust you, Kurt. Let's go. Let's do this, man. Let's let's get it done." Yeah, and I would imagine the outrageous offer kind of creates a is urgency a good word for that? Like you're creating a sense of urgency and you're creating like excitement about whatever that pain point is you're going to fix. Yeah, man. One of the things that we hear all the time for all the different companies is no one offers this. Like, this is crazy. No one offers this. Who does this? Why would you like, and it really changes people's perspective when they start to realize, oh, wow. Like you guys are really offering something that no one else does. So our SDR team, money back guaranteed on a minimum number of booked meetings on your calendar. So if we don't book the minimum number, we'll work for free for a little bit. And if we still don't book it, we'll give you your money back, prorated. So people are like, oh, so there's no risk. I'm like, yeah, if you could hire somebody in-house, go for it. Uh, 90, 80, 83% of in-house SDRs don't hit their quota. They take three months to ramp up and they cost about $100,000 a year. Or you can work with my team for less than 50. They guarantee 100 minimum meetings a year. And if we don't do that, then we'll give your money back. What do you think? Oh, well, that's pretty easy. You know what I mean? That's and pretty so easy. When you do it across the board like that, it becomes an easier conversation for how does this work? Where do we go? What does this look like? So I'm going to I'm gonna share with you an inspiration that you gave me the first time you and I met. Love it. Um, and, you know, I find these tidbits valuable. Like, like so every now and then someone will give me a gold nugget back I gave them, right? And I, I'm like, man, that's so cool. They actually listened. 
you were talking about conditional offers the first time you and I had a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I thought about one of my projects that was quite honestly, just not doing well. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like I know that my product is the best. I know that it is awesome in its category. I know all these things, but for some reason, ain't nobody looking at it. Right. And so I'm like, ah, what, what have I done wrong? I said, well, I'm going to put a conditional offer in here. So I wrote the guarantee and it's based on an e-learning segment. So the problem with e-learning is that a lot of people never finish a lot of, you know, completion rates are horrible and all these things. And so taking your advice, I'm like, wait a minute. If I charge a dealership $25,000 for consulting and offer to give them their money back on a guarantee, if they don't get the results, I don't have anything to lose there because mm -hmm. if the student, the condition is you have to finish the course, you have to have weekly check-ins, you have to submit your homework on time and it's a year long subscription. So if I work with a guy for a year and he does his homework, he's going to hit the goal period. Like you can't not hit the goal. Right. And so I was like, this is a no brainer. I just mm -hmm. need to put in big red letters on the front of this website, guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Right. So now that's what's on there. Big red letters guaranteed. And for the longest time, I never would have thought, oh, I'm going to tell some dude, give me 25 grand and I'll give you your money back if you're not happy. But it's not a if you're not happy. It's a you're going to get these results. We're going to put it in writing. And if you don't get those results after following these guidelines, yes, I'll give you your money back. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And how's, how's it going? More interest than before. So, so it's, it's good. Um, I always find interest in things that, that people discuss or where money comes from. Um, when, when I first started selling this product and I'm just going to be transparent because chances are they're not listening now anyway, like you said earlier, <laughs> um, you know, I thought if someone signs up for a year of training and I'm going to have like 200 dealers in this thing, I can afford to do that for like 1500 bucks a year. Right. So that Ooh. was how I, that's how I first started trying to launch this thing. And I came from an uh, from an OEM corporate training background. Mm -hmm. So I was running the numbers based on like annual salary kind of thinking, right? And so then it, it hit me like, wow, they're not signing up like I thought they would. And so I signed up a proof of concept group and I had them go through it. And I got their feedback when it was done. And they said, man, this is awesome. I can't believe how good this was. But I said, so why would you not sign up if I sent you an email offering to give this to you for 1500 bucks? And they said, for 1500 bucks, I wouldn't believe it'd be worth any time. Like it's too cheap. It's got to be 10 grand. It's got to be $12,000. Mm -hmm. And so then we did a year at $12,000 and I had more clients. Mm -hmm. Then we raised the price <laughs> to $18,000 and I had more clients. And now we're at $25,000 a dealership. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, I probably need to be at $49,000 a dealership. Yeah. Like it just, it seems like every time we raise the price, well, and as you know, the funding creates possibilities. So then yeah. I can hire people, I can improve the content, I can do, you know, I can make the project better with that revenue. Um, but it's all been, it's all been a mind game, this whole thing. And then this project, yeah. I swear it's going to be the death of me because it's such a passion piece. Uh, <laughs> you know, I stepped away and did the WordPress thing more seriously for, for a season, you know? Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm still looking at it going, ah, I still love power sports. I still love motorcycles. Mm -hmm. I still love, you know, and, and the more I can help those folks, the better I feel about it. I love that, man. Yeah. It's um, interesting. You're talking about that. We, we're just about to launch a three-year program to help agencies double their valuation. So it's 
grow, scale, and sell their agency. Now, some people may end up turning around and selling it to themselves, right? Because they may go, dude, I just built all these procedures. I've got all this cash flow coming in. It kind of runs itself. I don't need to be there. I'll just let it be a cash flow engine for me and work eight hours a week. That'd be great. But some people may want to turn around and sell it. We've got some people that uh, are going to, that I've already lined up that are interested in buying agencies. So point point in that is though, we we when we sat down to look at the price, I was like, it's 60 grand because we're going to help these, these agencies that have mm, maybe a $500,000 valuation go to a million dollar valuation. Like, yeah. Maybe they'll go from a million to two million, 60 grand for that. The, the return on that's insane, you know? And yeah. so same, same as you is like, let's put a conditional guarantee on it. Um, and the other thing that we did too, Kurt, and I'll share uh, details with you all offline about this, but we also, we also found a financing partner for that. So then if someone's like, I can't pay 60 grand, no problem, dude, spread it out over seven years. If you want to, like you, you figure it out. Uh, here's our partner. Here's here's how it works, and that has changed the conversation in just our preliminary combos with people that are close. They're like, dude, that makes this totally doable. So yeah, I, I love that you you charge more. I think that's great. <laughs> it was it was such a uh, it was a real mind again doing what doesn't it's counterintuitive right because you're thinking oh i must not be competitive enough no no that wasn't the case no. at all yeah, yeah it yeah. was mis it was misperceived value you know right right um there's two things i want to touch on with you especially as we gear near the end here and i want to respect your time as much as i can and you've been gracious to jump on the call anyway um talk to me about this outrageous offer e-course that you guys offer yeah so we i was running these one-on-one -on -one sessions where I was helping people over a 90-minute session create outrageous offers. And super helpful. We were charging five grand for them. And what would happen inevitably is people would be like, hey, can I can I get the recording of that? Like, can I see more of your framework? And so I put together this e-course that gives the framework of how to create these for free. And it's a, it's a quick e-course. You can get through it in about 40, 45 minutes. And it will revolutionize your business if you, I mean, like you took it and ran with that one nugget, Kurt, you know, like you could take a little bit and do something totally different. And I'll just be really honest. Like, this is how we run all the businesses that I own is leveraging these outrageous offers to generate more interest, more sales. It helps across the board. And if you're a person that's like, man, I'm looking to grow and scale. That's a good place for you. If you get that and you're like, okay, cool. I still want some more help or you're like, I don't want an e-course. I just want to talk to you, Dave. I retooled that same offer of the workshop where it used to be five grand. I had some people come to me and they're like, that's too rich for me. And I really love helping entrepreneurs and small businesses grow. And so I was like, well, look, here's what we're going to do. Let's do myself and three other business owners, entrepreneurs for 90 minutes, $9.97 a piece. So thousand bucks basically. And we'll do the outrageous offer. We'll come up with one or two offers for you when you attend. You'll also get to see the framework in action for how it works with other people and other businesses and different industries and totally different parts of the country, what have you. And there's a lot of learning that can happen in that group situation. And so it's a lot more accessible. You're still going to walk away with one or two offers, get to see the framework. The other thing that's great about it, 
I practice what I preach, Kurt. Uh, if you're not satisfied after the session, we give you your money back. So um, if you're interested in taking advantage of that, you can email me, Dave, at DaveValentine.co. Just mention the name of the podcast in the email headline, and we'll take it from there. Uh, you can also, if you're just interested in the free e-course, go to DaveValentine.co forward slash OO for outrageous offer, and you can pick that up there. Cool. Cool. Uh, I will have the link to that in the description of the video for for people as well. So um, those that are used to the podcast know that it goes out to YouTube, then it goes out to Anchor, and then it goes out to like 14 different audio channels and my my website. And I do everything I can to, to populate these things, but but there'll be definitely a way to reach David. Um, that said, David, what's, what's your preferred method of contact if people want to reach you or how can they find you best or tune in for more from you? Yeah, so I'm I'm very active on all social media platforms. You can find me at Real Deval, R-E-A-L-D-V-A-L for Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active there as well. And you can certainly reach out to me again, Dave at DaveValentine.co. And uh, that's actually my personal email. I will actually respond to you like a real human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll actually respond to that. He says, "That's good." Um, I just want to go out on a limb, and I just want to call it out for what it is. I mean, it was a public post; it wasn't like it was a DM or anything. But I put up that I was open for guests on this podcast, and you said, "What kind of guests you're looking for?" And I said, "Well, selfishly, you know, you." <laughs> and then, but you did the next coolest thing, and it's it's one of the coolest things I've seen uh, almost anyone do. And it was like, "Here's five recommendations." write in your comment string for people you need to connect to and invite to your podcast. You know, it was like, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, how solid and generous is this cat? <laughs> like, like, you know, we've had a, a short conversation on another podcast and then your generosity kind of blew me away. I, I, I was just, I was really impressed by that. And I wanted to thank you on air. Oh, thanks. Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we need more people that are going to just populate the world with goodness and generosity and it's, you know, it was such a, I appreciate that you appreciated that. It was such a small thing for me to do. It took me five minutes to tag people and just say like, who, who do I think would be good on Curtis podcast? And I, I was hoping, I was like, you know, this could be two hours of great content for your audience for yeah. four or five new people for you to listen, to, like to interview and get to know. And they're remarkable. The people that I connected you with are remarkable humans that are great entrepreneurs that I know would provide value. And so it's like, yeah, of course, we have to have the mindset. It's such a unique, hardcore group of individuals that say, I want to start a business, that we need to show the honor, respect, and love for each other that should be there for people that are putting it all out on the line. So anytime, yeah. brother, anything you ever need, you got That is fantastic. Um, there's a part of me where my heart is kind of being pulled for a certain people group, and that is the reluctant entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the one that didn't want to get the vaccine and got ejected from their job or, yeah. um, and they're sitting there going, well, now what am I going to do? You know, I'm a 50 year old, whatever person in this industry, that's not hiring, that's having layoffs. And it's, I've, I run into an awful lot of people in my day to day who never, ever, ever thought that they would have to run their, you know, hang their own tile and be their own business. Right. And so it's, it's a complete mind scatter for them to go, oh my God, what's the next step? 
you know, <laughs> like I never thought about this. I always had a job. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think there's going to be a huge, huge audience for, for, for reaching out to some of those folks and just being like, Hey, let's get you the, here's the first step. Here's the second step. Here's the third mm -hmm. step, you know, and by, by the fourth step, they should be ready to sign up for your lead program. <laughs> <laughs> well, step one, they need to work with you, man. I mean, that's, <laughs> but yes, See? I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> Folks, uh, this was Dave Valentine. I encourage you to, to follow him, reach out for him. Uh, he's being generous with you now. Hit him up with an email. And uh, with that, Dave, let's, let's wave goodbye to those guys.